Welcome to So Basic with a Little Extra. If we haven't met yet or you are tuning in for the first time, my name is Anna Sugiri. And my mission for this podcast is to share a basic story to give you a little extra inspiration, a little extra encouragement, or an extra laugh. Ah, Valentine's Day. Here we go again, bombarded with all things Valentine's. Not sure if is that I'm getting old, older and wiser. <laughs> I know that is a little extra for me to say, but this year feels a little blah. I mean, we're still making our favorite dinner and exchanging Valentine's with a big side of chocolate because, you know, those are basics for this day. But I do have a basic thought that keeps coming around because I remember how extra I used to be on Valentine's. It was a super big deal. I would prepare weeks in advance the outfits, the gifts, the decorations. Don't get me wrong, that was fun, especially when I had children. And I will help them do their crafty Valentine's to exchange with their classmates. I even went a little extra a few times. Yeah, I was that mom. But now I'm more excited about staying home, nice and comfy, cooking together and just relaxing. That is lovely to me. So I was thinking, does love change based on our maturity? How does that happen? Is it better when you feel so in love that nothing else matters than the person that is in front of you? Or is it better now? That you don't have to dress to impress, but just be. Does the culture impact the way we fall in love now versus back in the day? What do you think? Is love defined by our circumstances or is it a one thing that is unchangeable and we just make it what we want? These questions may sound a little too basic. If you were brought up in a Christian home, in a healthy emotional environment, a safe place, and a consistent education. But for some of us, on the other side of these things, these questions are actually not that basic. So I did a little basic research about love, and I started by learning where in the world that we came up with the idea of Valentine's Day. I was seriously curious about where the Valentine celebration came from. So I did what any smart person will do these days. I googled it. <laughs> this uh, is one of, um, I found so many stories, but this is one that I seem to be rated PG-13. <laughs> I'm just going to give you my quick and super basic version of it according to what I read. So there was a man named Valentine, and he was a priest back in the third century. He was secretly marrying soldiers, which was at the time prohibited by the Roman em emperor. He didn't want his soldiers to be married because he thought that that would be a distraction for them. But apparently, Valentine believed in creating another kind of army. You know, the foundational beginning of all society? Or maybe he was just a big romantic priest. Unfortunately, the emperor found out what Valentine was up to. 
and he was immediately apprehended and sentenced to death. Here's the twist of the story. There was a blind girl. He knew somehow, and apparently he cared about. He spent his last days praying for her to regain her sight. On his way to be executed, he wrote on a piece of paper, Yours, Valentine. The girl received that note somehow and opened it. And to her surprise, he regained her sight. It, it was restored right then and there. Cute story, right? I can see where this story was taken and changed throughout generations and through our culture. And what it seemed to be a sweet story about faith and love has now become a commercialized and a million dollar industry. I can see how we can easily be swept away believing all kinds of things about love according to our maturity level, our culture, and our mind. When I look back to my teenage years, I laugh. And I could also cry a little. <laughs> all at the same time. Y'all, I can't tell you how many times I thought I was going to die because of a broken heart. And even worse, the hundred times I thought I was in love. But wait, here comes the extra part. Because there were also a billion times I did stupid things for love. Thank God, now I know that was not love at all. That was just plain stupid. <laughs> Being completely honest, it makes me a little sad that no one guided me, showed me, or mentored me during those years to understand what true love is. Back then, my best teachers were Cinderella and Rose from the Titanic movie. <laughs> true moment here. I had a lot of boyfriends. I know, it's terrible. Who needs a boyfriend at 13? I justify it by saying I was just in search of my Prince Philip or my very own Jack. So basic, right? And because we're among friends, I have to admit that even at the beginning of my marriage, I had no clue what true love was. I mean, I love my husband, but I think I was more impressed about his wonderful Italian looks than really valuing who he was. To me, he was just the perfect combination of Prince Philip, who came to rescue me, and Jack, who will die for me even in freezing temperatures. Ugh. Well, let me tell you, that went out the door real quick. Guess who hugs all the covers if our house thermostat goes down below 62? <laughs> well, look at me now. It's taken me 16 years to learn what real love is and to understand that Cinderella and Rose got it all wrong. Or at least they omit some of very valuable information. They didn't tell us in those movies what happens when you share bathrooms, the battles about what we are eating for dinner, or what to do when your partner snores. It's been hard. Yeah, real hard. Nothing like the movies. But I know that the Lord is building testimonies out of our battles, in life and in our marriages. I really think that God created marriage to refine us, 
to understand what real love is and to give him all the glory. So yes, just now, I'm coming to the realization that love is commitment a hundred percent. Love is what Jesus did for us, is giving up the TV remote, using earplugs at night, serving and caring for your partner, even when you don't want to. I can tell you, for some of us that did not have the blessing to know what true love comes from, I at the beginning, um, it's very vital that we break the curse. Thank God for that. The curse stops here. I declare it and I claim it. I have now a much better understanding of what true love is. God has shown me by accepting me, picking me, redeeming me, and recalibrating me. God showed up in my life in 2006. To let me know that he loves me so much that he literally died for me. As I learned what that meant, I was able to tell my daughters uh, what no one told me. Save them or at least warn them from all the aches and pains, drama and false information I had. My oldest and I were talking about this a few days ago. As we were talking about teenage girls dating. We just couldn't believe some of the things that we see and we hear. Okay, I won't be extra right here. I must confess. I was one of those. And God knows how thankful I am that iPhones and social media were not a thing when I was a teenager. Let's just leave it like that. <laughs> But as a parent, it's scary. It really is. And also super challenging. But I can tell you that we can still break the curse. As Bob Goff will say, it's not easy, but it's simple. Here is the extra story. I'm in, in my early years of following Christ. Two women shared with me that they wrote in their journal every detail that they thought would make a good husband for them when they were teenagers. Both told me their husband met every single requirement they had in their lists. They prayed over their list and their future husbands. And guess what? Their now husbands matched the descriptions on their list to the T. Had I known, I would have made a list myself, pray over it, and ask for a millionaire husband. <laughs> I talked to my daughters about making their list, but more importantly, praying for their future husbands. Thankfully, I am able and equipped to minister to my daughters now. Not only that, but both of my girls are also surrounded by amazing mentors and godly women. My oldest is now married, and she can testify to that. She prayed all those years with listing hand and everything. She never dated but her husband, and she got what she prayed for. Wow, can I get an amen? One done and one more to go. In the same way, we talk to our teenage princess. Yes, because I still believe in princesses, but because we are daughters of the king. Not because I expect her to live in a castle and have lots of servants and look pretty all day. 
like I used to think. <laughs> Let's be real. I have found that talking, 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 and talking, plus praying, praying, and praying are the things we can do to break the curse of being ignorant about what love is and teach our kids that love is not a feeling. It's a commitment. It's action. I tell my daughter that no one, what no one told me. We are princesses because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We have a lot of value. And I'm not talking about two cows and three sheep. <laughs> I joke with my son-in-law. He still owes me a cow for my daughter. <laughs> no, but seriously, I talk to the girls about the temple of their soul, the beauty of purity, the commitment we make when we say, I love you the powerful energy connection of physical touch, and the massive value of a kiss. I am currently going through a Bible study on covenant. To me, that is a very powerful and strong word. And after a few lessons in, I quickly realized that marriage is a reflection of God's covenant with us. Isn't that powerful? I feel a little basic admitting that at this age, I'm just now understanding that love cannot be determined by our feelings. They are so unreliable. I am more aware that it is a very conscious action. It requires attention and focus. Sometimes even doing the things that we don't want to do for the other person. And that God sets the bar for what true love is. The covenant he has with us is unbreakable, incredible, and powerful. And because we are only human, we cannot do that kind of covenant on our own. That is why I believe marriage is of three. You, your spouse, and God. So check this out. I learned this from our pastor a few Sundays ago. It makes so much sense. There is a medical term called failure to thrive. This is a condition of children whose current weight or rate of weight gain is much lower than expected. The interesting thing is that it's been scientifically proved that physical touch, nurturing, hugs, cuddles, skin-to-skin, -skin, sense of security can reverse this process. Are you as shocked as I am? I have heard of people that volunteers at the infant IC units And all they do is hold babies all day. But I had no idea. Our pastor took this concept and used it to illustrate our relationship with Jesus. What a great object lesson, isn't it? So because the word covenant is so fresh in my mind and Valentine kind of goes with it, I was thinking how wrong is it to believe that love is a feeling? Love is actually Jesus. And we can only be in covenant, commit, and truly love someone else if we are in relationship with him. You know, if we don't fail to thrive, we need to have that touch, nurturing, hugs, cuddles, skin to skin, that sense of security that can only come from God. And we can do those things by spending time with him. So that is commitment and taking action not a feeling. 
As a parent, I feel very accountable to the Lord for the way I direct my girls. And as the Lord, the Lord ministers to me, I know I have to, yes, talk to them, yes, pray with them, but also show them. So what are some ways you set the example for those around you? I must warn you, I asked God to search my heart and show me where I was being unloving, and he did. So just be aware of that right there. He will bring down the hammer real quick. So here I am sharing with you some ways God revealed to me to talk and show my daughter what love is. The first one was not the easy one, not my favorite, uh-uh. but really convicting. Respecting my husband. Ouch. How many times has my daughter seen me roll my eyes at him? I really have to get better at not doing that. Showing her that kindness and care for others are ways to love too. I hope you see this as an idea and not as me showing off. Not trying to be extra right here, okay? It's been super cold the last few weeks here in Houston. And there are a few teachers standing outside in the freezing uh, temperatures during car line. So last Friday, I decided to pick up a few cups of hot chocolate and bring them to them. I was teaching my daughter a lesson. You see a need? Feel it if you can. That is love. Hugs. Lots of hugs. Y'all, I forget. Because I'm just basic like that. I like to stay in my bubble. So I hug her even if she doesn't want to. I show up in her room and just jump on her. You know, it's kind of a payback from all the times that she burst into my room when she was little. Well, she still does. She jumps in my bed with her dirty feet because she likes to bear, be barefooted around the house. And I don't get mad. <laughs> I show her love. <laughs> I also try my best to edify her by using scripture. I tell her how valuable she is, and not just her, but the people around her, including the boys. Yep, they are equally golden. Because, you know, the days of the boys have cooties are going away, and the days of, I think I'm in love, or I'm going after that person because I like her, or like him, <laughs> are just around the corner. I tell her to be mindful of other people's feelings. Don't break another person's heart. Be gentle. Thankfully, my daughter knows that dating is kind of silly unless you're looking forward to getting married. So dating is off the table for my teenager. I pray for that to stay true to her for at least another six years. I... I heard this the other day from a, a father to a son. It's pretty cool. He said, son, don't you ever tell a girl you love her unless you are about to marry her. Isn't that beautiful? Commitment right there. We also talk about the waiting versus the immediate gratification. Do you want to enjoy the moment for five minutes, three days, a month? 
Or do you want to have the best time of your life sharing things that are important to you, make adventures together, etc.? You might think that it goes one ear and out the other, but something might stick. And if you don't have children, guess what? All of this, I think, works for adults too. So in conclusion to my basic story, love is action, not a feeling. Don't believe me? Well, the Bible tells us so. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily anger. It keeps no record of wrongs. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 and 5. Man, if we could just constantly remember that. It would be easier to love Jesus, obey Jesus, and tell everyone about him. I know, this was a long episode, huh? But I hope you leave inspired, encouraged, or with some ideas on how to love better. I would love to connect with you. Do you have a Valentine's tradition? Have you ever heard before about the term failure to thrive? Have you ever ask God to search your heart to remove the yucky stuff? Leave your comments on my Facebook page or Instagram, or you can also do it on my website. The links are going to be in the notes section, or you can just search by Fate 52. Just Google it. You'll find it. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful and extra loving Valentine's Day. This episode was brought to you by The Get Together. Come have lunch with us the last Wednesday of each month. Grow your business network at the same time you show some love to a few ministries around the city of Houston. For more information, visit thegettogether.org. This podcast is a Fade 52 production. All rights reserved 2023.